Styrofoam. And you're listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show. Today on the Nardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show, interviews with Abe Vagoda and Mika Miko. Next week on the Nardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show, interviews with King Khan and... Kevin Key from Skinny Poppy, live on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. I am very excited to be holding this brand new CD, which actually says copyright 2003 Ace Records, but I think it only came out this year. It's got incredible liner notes by Alec Palo from the Ace Records Library talking all about the Count Five, the dudes that did psychotic reaction. Rest in peace, Lux Interior. The Cramps covered it on numerous occasions. It makes me very excited to explore this package because the first track on Psychedelic psychotic revelation the ultimate count five is an alternate version an alternate version of psychotic reaction and that's what we're going to begin with today on the nardwarda human serviette radio show psychotic reaction by the count five from san jose california 1965 1966 the alternate version not the version you're used to hearing what you're going to be hearing is an ending that's different than the original and how the original is different is when they played the take that you're going to be hearing they liked the intro they liked the middle bit so they decided to edit on the intro at the end so you're hearing it in the before altered version this is the count five with psychotic reaction alternate version
by the Count Five, the alternate version, brand new on Big Beat Ace Records, Psychotic Revelation, the ultimate Count Five. I mentioned Skinny Puppy earlier. They are going to be in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, in the form of Kevin Key of Skinny Puppy, doing a DJ set with Stephen R. Gilmore, the artist of all the amazing network early releases. That's next Thursday night at The Love Affair. Kevin Key in Vancouver for the first time in years doing a DJ set, doing a DJ set, and Stephen R. Gilmore doing a DJ set as well. And Kevin Key of Skinny Puppy will be on a Nardwar Human Survey Radio Show next Friday. If you have any questions for Kevin Key, Nardwar at Nardwar.com or Twitter.com slash Nardwar or 604-822-247, 604-UBC-CITR. Today on the Nardwar Human Survey Radio Show, interviews with Abe Vagoda and Mika Miko. Now, coming up a band, the 409 from Montreal in 1966. A double shot of the 409 from Montreal 1966. Good pals of the good people that we just heard there. The Count Five. Well, probably not, but in the same vein, it's the 409 with They Say. And right after that, we're going to hear another song, Born in Chicago, by... The 409, we're going to hear an interview with Abe Vagoda.
Michael Vidal. Hello. Dane Chadwick. Hey. And David Rickard. Hello. Welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Thanks. Woo! Thank you. Now, Juan, what is your full name? Uh, Juan Adolfo Velasquez Esquivel. And the A is very important, isn't it, Juan? Yeah. Because there's another Juan, isn't there? No. Like when you Google your name, who comes up? I don't know. Some guy on death row. 
Oh, really? Yes. Uh, and I don't mean a record label either. Yeah, yeah, that would be kind of awesome. That's crazy. What's wrong? What happened to him? I'm not sure exactly. It was something really not too good, but I thought that's important. That the A is very important. Is the A important in Juan? I would say so. What about you, Juan? Have you had any troubles at border because people confused you with somebody else? Has the A saved the day? Um, I have not yet, but we are going back to the United States tomorrow, so we'll see. But I mean, if he's, in, he's on death row, I mean, he's, he's there. They know where he's at. And on a, ironically enough, Death Row Records is now owned by a Canadian. Oh. Some Canadians actually bought Death Row because it went bankrupt. That's amazing. The record label Death Row went bankrupt, so some Canadians bought it. Yeah, that's really sad. Or, and also a, a gain for the Canadian community, I guess. Right? Exactly. Actually, we also had Priority Records in the very beginning because the guy who started Priority Records was from Winnipeg. Nice. So we had Snoop Doggy Dog, and then we kind of gave you Snoop Doggy Dog, and now we get Snoop Doggy Dog back. That's great. Priority. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> right back to L.A. <laughs> so, Abe Vagoda, tell me about Hoobastank Burritos. Oh, David. Um, that's, at, that's at Denny's, and apparently it's, it's new. I'm not sure if it's available everywhere. We were in uh, California. Visalia. And, yeah, yeah, Visalia, kind of in the middle of nowhere. Back Sunday, uh, quesadillas, I think, too. It's a whole line of food. Uh, pop punk line of food at Denny's <laughs> and yeah taking back Sunday it's not a Sunday it's like a burger or something yeah I don't know. yeah it was what's the idea behind it a hoobastank burrito rockstar endorsed diner food <laughs> they've, they've created these recipes that are probably good and it's interesting that Abe Vigoda would pick the hoobastank burrito uh I thought it was the most interesting the the who who burrito I think it was called but um <laughs> I didn't get it. I didn't, I didn't even try it. So you're down with the stank, kind of, then? Uh, yeah, I like the idea of the, the burrito. What were the other options? The, there's, like, a boys like girls. Uh, I don't remember. I think that might have been the quesadilla. There's a quesadilla, a, like, a burger, and a burrito, but no desserts. And then it's like David thought this should be a taking back Sunday. Yeah. The, you know. Baboom! Yeah. <laughs> baboom. Marketing! Yeah, I mean, that they should probably do that. I think that they really should. Have you played any gigs with any of those bands at all? Absolutely not. Not on any warp tours or side stages or anything like that? I'd love to, but I don't think, I think we're we still have. waiting to get to that level. How about have you ever seen them on the road? Like, does that really hurt? Like, here you are, you're playing all these great indie gigs, and you sit down and you bite into a Taking Back. Uh, Sunday. <laughs> Duh. I think, I wish we, we had our own Denny's food and of course you've thought about that and it would be oh what was it did we think of one i remember vivian girls thought of one back egg vagoda egg vagoda Uh, oh i missed out on that one i must have been paying attention yeah vivian girls have the uh wild fries oh yeah wild fries yeah because i have a song wild eyes the vivian grilled vivian grilled chicken (laughs) (laughs) vivian grilled chicken that's good (laughs) be careful all this may actually come true eh i hope it does and you were the band abe what? You were the band Abe? Vagoda. Abe Vagoda, yeah. Abe Vagoda. And I have a quote for you guys. <clears throat> Can you get me off the hook for old time's sake? <laughs> I don't I don't get it. This is a quote. A quote. <clears throat> Can you get me off the hook for old time's sake? Like who said it? Abe Vagoda. Abe Vagoda said that? Abe Vagoda said it. In, a, in The Godfather. Yes, exactly. Uh, he's a bastard in that movie, though. But what's really neat, though, is when you guys recommend people to check out Abe Vigoda movies, what movie do you recommend? Good Burger? Yes, which is great, isn't it? It's a good one. It's the exact opposite. Uh, there's a line where he says, I think I broke my ass, which is so funny, because he fell. And if, you know, it's funny to think you could break your ass. There's not really, really much of a bone there. Now, I know some people in Vancouver, what well, could be the 
there's, yeah. there's, there's an ass tailbone or something. Like that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, ass as a whole, like, is the you know the the two hands, two fl- <laughs> the flesh. Friends of mine in Vancouver years ago had a band called Eric Estrada and the Velour Nation. And when they did gigs, people thought that. Eric Estrada was performing. Right. You guys are in a rock and roll band called. A Vagoda. So do people think that. It's happened before. Uh, this old man came to a show and he was like expecting like stand up or some sort of comedy. Uh, he did get it. He forgot you. Ba boom. Yeah, he, he he was kind of upset. Not really upset. He was just a little. I think he might have been a little bummed down. And just left. He didn't even stick around. But he was really. He was at the smell and it was like, uh, just like you know, someone thought it was like somebody's grandfather or something. Um, and then these and then he started instigating like talking to these kids and they, he realized soon that it was a band playing, not not a not the famous actor. Did you offer to give his money back at all? Uh, no, I didn't. Did anybody? No, I, I didn't. I didn't think so. Once you're in the door at the smell, no money's getting back. Has money ever been refunded at the smell? I think it has. It's a possibility. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe if you would have asked Jim or someone at the door, he would have given it back to him. But he might have just, it's $5. Maybe he didn't care. Because Abe Vigoda, there also was a band from Vancouver and still is called the Hanson Brothers. Hockey, punk rock band. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when they go on tour, sometimes people think that... Hanson? Hanson is playing. I like Hanson. <laughs> Actually, Andrew WK loves Hanson too. He's producing some tracks for them, I think, from what I understand. There's a new band called Tinted Windows with members of Smashing Pumpkins, one of my all-time favorite bands, and Hanson. And it's really bad. It's really bad. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't heard it yet. But James E. Haw's in it. He's my favorite. I got to see James E. Haw at South by Southwest. I saw he has that record label, doesn't he? Has he done anything with it? What's it called? Scratchy or something like that? Yeah, yeah I don't know. Oh, yeah, I, I, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot all about it. So, Abe Vagoda, I mentioned a name, Abe Vagoda. Could there have been any other names? Like it was going to be the micro cassettes? Oh, yeah. Me and Michael had a. Wow. Okay. Me and Michael, uh, when he first started playing music, we had a little project called Micro Cassette. And that, that was it? Yeah, when, then. Uh, a drummer started talking to us, and we decided to start something entirely different and new. And that was and that's Abe And that was the God of Falcons. What's the God of Falcons? That's a email address. Email address. <laughs> but your band could have been the God of Falcons. Oh, that was also yeah. a one-time side project with a, a different drummer called Nicholas Gittimer and the God of Falcons. So that was us three and Nicholas Gittimer playing drums. It was awesome. It's a, it was a one-off thing, but that could have been a name. It's also our email address. But it is your name, though, Abe Vagoda, which is amazing. And I just love the fact how you type your name in and on a wiki page. On Abe Vagoda's wiki page, it says, for the band, click here. Yeah, yeah. Um, recent- that is total subversion. I think Abe Vagoda's people know about us now. They found out. They do because somebody contacted, accidentally contacted his publicist and not ours. And she said, oh, you're, you're looking for the band one. And this is not the one. So they know. His people know. And I think it's, I think it's, an, it's okay. I don't think they're upset. So there's no deals to be made? Like, remember when the Postal Service got in trouble with the Postal Service? <laughs> the band River Phoenix had to change their name after River Phoenix passed away. Phoenix TX. Phoenix TX. Oh, that's what they're... Yeah. River Phoenix passed away. Phoenix TX is pretty cool, yeah, I they're, think. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And you were the rock and roll band Abe... Fagoda. Abe Fagoda here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Have you brought any props with you? Oh, uh, do we have... Yes, there, we found a prop. Right there, that's that's for our like trippier part of our set. We we, we get like all those black lights, and Michael has a, a mask. You still have that mask? A uh, scary skull mask. 
What other props, so in terms of clothing, did you bring? Did you bring your Jesus and Mary chain shirt? Is that a prop from a movie? Oh, uh, I lost it at South by Southwest. And that's like my favorite shirt, and I'd wear it all the time. And that's from like a Greg Araki movie or something like that? It is. There is a, in a Greg Araki movie, there's um. Like, uh, it's like, this is Jesus and Mary Chain like this, like on the side. And then in that movie, uh, one of the actors took that, like ripped that off and then sewed it onto another shirt. And I caught it very quickly when I watched, uh, The Living End. I think, is that, that's the one. Yeah, The Living End. That shirt is missing. How'd it go missing? How does stuff go missing? How does Juan lose stuff? Um, he gets drunk and takes it off because it's sweaty and just leaves it behind. Yeah, but, yeah, I, I know, but I feel like I'm so overprotective of that shirt. I just really fucked up. I mean, I think it was that Austin just, like, kind of swallowed up some stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, some of our gear, maybe? And, uh, yeah. some, <laughs> some drum stuff that some, somebody lost. And lost any drum stuff Yeah, yet. I'm pretty sure we have, though. So. Yeah. And then I lost, <laughs> I lost the shirt, and it was really sad it was, like, a special gift from a friend. So, um... Yeah, I wore, sometimes I wore a dress, but I lost I lost that too. I left I left, I left that on tour somewhere. Michael, you have a skinny puppy shirt. Yeah, that's lost too. That's lost too. <laughs> it's gone. How does Michael lose stuff? Probably the same way as Juan. It might be my guess. It's a it's a sweaty shirt. You don't want to wear it anymore. You, you throw it to the ground. And you, but it's Canadian, though. Skinny puppy, Canadian from Vancouver. The puppy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So the greatest props you could have brought across the border are now lost, and you're going to have to go on with the little poster you picked up there in Vancouver. Pretty, yeah, it's pretty, pretty sad replacement, I think. Now, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada is an interesting place because you help Vancouver bands, don't you? Yeah. We have like some Vancouver bands stay at your place. Where is your place? Yeah, uh, well, they stayed at where me and Michael live in Los Angeles in the Koreatown. And one time, a couple times, bands have stayed. And this one time in particular. What's so much bands? Well, I'm a boy. I was about to get there. Mutators. Me, you just tell them. How about you just tell them? The Mutators. <laughs> um, they broke up. Shearing Pinks. Um, modern Creatures. I think that's it. How does that work out? Like, they go and they play a gig and then they have nowhere to stay and then you're just there in the audience to take anybody home? Um, special people home. Yeah, but I didn't live there at the time. We only, take the, we only pick the best. Yeah. And I think they have to be from Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> but sadly, sadly, one time, uh, the Mutators and Shearing Peaks came down and they brought a friend, Timmy, with them. And they were walking around my neighborhood and Timmy got stabbed. In the back. Whoa. In the back. Yeah, like on the street from my house. It's kind, of, it's kind of a bleak thing. I had to take him to the hospital. But he was okay. Was he a Canadian? Yeah, yeah. Do you have insurance at all? Um, I don't know how that worked. I, I think it covered it. I'm sure he was fine, but it was really scary, actually. I thought that's what you were asking. I thought maybe you'd heard that story, that, that our friend got stabbed in the back. Horrifying. Yeah. Is he going to be at the gig tonight? I hope. I hope so. Oh, we haven't spoken to him. That area is kind of interesting, isn't it, around the smell? It is kind of like a video game in some respects. Yeah, it is. It's a bit like a video game. People <laughs> scale the sides of buildings like this. And there's people walking everywhere. It's like zombies. It's pretty crazy, isn't it? Yeah, there's a lot of zombies. Actually, not, not as many, not as much anymore. Not that many zombies hanging out. No, yeah. They've done a lot to gentrify the neighborhood. So they kick a lot of zombies out, which is weird. Well, there's, there's that guy battling the wall. Right next to your house. Oh, at our house, yeah. This one time, this guy was like on a bad trip, and he was there was like a wall by our house, and he was just like sc- like screaming at it, and he had dreadlocks. <laughs> so that guy's still there, maybe. I don't know. It's in Koreatown. It's not right in downtown LA near no. the smell, is it? No, no, it's a little, it's a little bit west of it, but it's it's pretty close. But we could say I mean, it's greater LA area. Now, Juan, you love Douglas Copeland, don't you? 
I do, and he is from Vancouver. He is from Vancouver, and I tried to get him for this interview. Oh, I would have freaked out. I tried so hard. In fact, I contacted somebody that has his personal numbers and everything. Oh, oh my God. Okay, that's really crazy. We're also listening to a book on tape of his, uh, uh, Hey Nostradamus. And uh, so there's, it's like, there's a Douglas Copeland vibe going on right now as we speak. So I, con- in the middle of it. so I contacted this guy that knows Douglas Copeland and said, look, there's this band called Abe. Vigoda. That loves Douglas Copeland. And would love, love for Douglas Copeland to see Abe Vigoda. Yeah, that'd be great. I would freak out. I would love it. And then the guy emailed back to me, quote, I have to respect his space. <laughs> that, I mean, that's fine. Sorry, no email. Makes sense. Oh, it's okay. And then I actually did check Douglas Copeland's Twitter, and he is in, like, Ottawa, Ontario, Canada right now. Oh, that's unfortunate. But I did try, though. So do you guys get that at all? When people asking you for numbers now that you're moving up in the world, quote, Quote, I have to respect his place, his space. Yeah, uh, that's it. I would, I don't know. I, has it ever happened to us? Is, is that what the question was? Sorry. W- would you be afraid to give out a number? I don't have a story to email. Oh, email. Anyone could have our email. It's fine. But our phone number is maybe not. Michael doesn't have a cell phone, though, or a house phone, so he can't be reached. Except, like, right now. When we open the lines, right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, to, to all of Vancouver. If you want to talk to Michael, this is your only chance. <laughs> hey, Pagoda, you guys also played with Lee Scratch Perry. Oh, yes, yeah. it was amazing. He came out with like a hat full of incense. He was p- walking around, pacing around the stage like a choo choo train. And, um, he was wearing um, like a Lucky Charms jacket, like a leather jacket with like a bunch of luck, like a Lucky Charms it like a logo. NASCAR, it, was, it was like a NASCAR jacket with a Lucky Charms logo. And he was just like, like this the whole time with like, a f- like fire coming out of the top of his head. Have you seen anybody else perform like that or look like that on stage? He was the only one. He had so much jewelry on his hands. He brought, like, a woman on stage to dance with him for a song, and she had a necklace on, and her necklace got caught in Lee Scratch Perry's jewelry. (laughs) And there was, like, a 30-second thing where they were trying to untangle this woman's (laughs) necklace from Lee Scratch Perry's, like... (laughs) <laughs> like gaudy jewelry Yeah It was really funny That is a great rock and roll moment Yeah I would, I would agree That'd be great That sounds great Did that happen on the Diplo tour? No that was just... You get caught in Diplo's jewelry <laughs> In his little earring or something <laughs> No but David Frequently got into a pizza costume And danced like a fool I got caught inside pizza And danced <laughs> Is that because there's all the sponsorship? Because Diplo's down with the sponsorship With a special pizza? It was totally normal pizza Yeah it was I don't know where it came from But I loved it I did read a review Of you guys playing with Diplo in Denver Oh, wow. Do you remember playing in Denver? What was that gig like? That was a weird one. I, I think that was a kind of a weird show. How would you describe the crowd? Um, lackluster. Some, <laughs> some friendly people were there, but then also just a lot of people who were confused. Yeah. Um, this is the review. Go on. Oh, no, go ahead. The venue was disgusting. It was called Cervantes Masterpiece Ballroom. Kind of a scary place. It was really, really weird. And had like these insane, like, what is like, kind of like trippy, like this kind of art on the walls, yeah, yeah. sort of. It's a lot of psychedelic <laughs> art. Like, um... Well, interesting that you mention that because this is the review from the Denver Post about the Diplo gig with Abe Vigoda. <clears throat> Within 30 minutes of entering the Diplo show, I was offered ecstasy by a dude in a tie-dyed shirt with threads that reeked of perfume. Wow. Patchouli, maybe. He would... Yes, exactly. Yeah, that sounds exactly like what that would be. And what was the venue called again? Cervantes Masterpiece Ballroom. Like... One wall of the venue had a giant mural. It was koi fish forming a yin-yang sign. 
<laughs> and it took up like a, an entire wall. It was amazing. Yeah. So that's totally representative then. That guy wasn't lying then. It really was like that. No, it is exactly like that. It was very psychedelic. Uh, and, and not in a good way, I don't think. So was it like that every night on the tour? <laughs> uh, it kind of was. That, that one was a little bit more uh, out there. I saw I saw that going down while I was pizza. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> I was there for a little bit, and then they didn't seem to be that into pizza, so I left. shocking, because people normally loved pizza. Maybe people were just tripping too hard. They, were, they really thought you were a pizza. I think it could have been a little bit scary for people. Yeah. Giant pizza. Uh. David inside of it? It's weird. So you played in Denver, but you also played, you played my house. My house. My house. Yes, you played my house. My house. What is my house? My house is a upscale bar in Hollywood. <laughs> um, the setup of the bar is it's meant to look like a home. Like the bar is a kitchen. There's like a bedroom, a backyard with like a barbecue. It's supposed to look like a house, like a very, very nice house. So was it fun playing in my house? Because they have places like they have Doug Fur in Portland. It was, it was kind of crazy. It was fun in a different way. Like was that where Lindsay Lohan was? Yeah, she was totally there. And we're actually. Uh, How do you know it's Lindsay Lohan. Somebody told me that Lindsay Lohan was there, and I believe it. So What's you the, don't know if she was there. Then? It was a high upscale event. I think she might have shut up. She it was the a party. fashion type event. It seems like like she would be into it because there's also like you know subculture and but also there's a lot of high fashion. We're the, we're, we're the only rock band to have played that 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 spot and uh, you were interviewed by a guy from the daily freak show michael i saw oh what was that james who is that guy the daily freak show versus abe vagoda that was incredible that guy james hey james he's he like told me I was beautiful but you told me that he was telling a lot of, no, yeah he was telling a lot of people it's not that special he's he's, he's world renowned <laughs> in the club scene he's a club kid and there's a movie about his life called party monster with macaulay culkin who kind of looks like dane and you guys got included in that yeah okay. yeah Whoa, yeah, there is a bee. If you uh, stand completely still, the bee's not going to hurt you, I don't think. I'm just a so, <laughs> Did Bob Mould ever end up coming to a show of yours? Yeah, he came to the show in D.C. because he knows he's friends with No Age. So he, and we played with No Age in D.C., and that, that's where he came. He was at that show. Now, you guys are from Los Angeles. Isn't Dim Mac from Los Angeles? Yes. <laughs> Steve? Aoki. Yes. Have you ever been to the Dim Mac offices at all? Never. Did you hear that they shot a porno there? I'm not surprised. That's not surprising. <laughs> That's not surprising. Why is it not surprising? Seems like those two worlds could, could meet at some point. <laughs> yeah. In the washroom of Dinmac, I guess I was just wondering if you've been to the wash... Do you know anybody that's been in the washroom of Dinmac? Because I thought you should warn them now. Yeah, yeah, it's filthy. You, I've been to the washroom at Dimac. No, no, no. It is filthy because of what we found out. My, my old roommate uh, uh, where I used to live, uh, there was a porno filmed in his room. And I lived there, so... Back. Which one, if we can check it out? So does an Abe Vigoda connection to a porno? Uh, slight, I guess. It was after I moved in. I mean, it was before I moved in, but I forgot which one it is. It's one of those, like, vivid alt ones where it's, like, alternative. It's, like, for alternative culture to people. Gay or straight? Uh, straight, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is straight. We got... Someone asked us if they could use our song in a porno. Same company. Same company. They, uh, wanted to give us $1,000 for a song, and we said no. Because we think it's kind of weird to enter that world. The porn oh, world. A little bit. The deep porn world. Do you know who said yes? Do you know who else they approached? Like, did they say, hey, we've been to the Vivian Girls, we went to No Age. <laughs> like, who canceled? Who canceled that they had to ask you? XPXRX <laughs> said yes, I think. Or something that Chris Touchton was in. Or Vice Cooler, sorry. Uh, and our friends in this band called Pornography, coincidentally enough, uh, their song was in there. I guess, yeah. And then afterwards, I realized how much it was. And I, at the time, I was like, maybe we should have done it. But we, we didn't do it. Maybe for the best. 
What's it like hanging out at the back room of Amoeba? Oh, it's awesome. You work at Amoeba, don't you? Yeah, I, I, I just quit. But uh, the back room, the green room is awesome. Like the green, like with the, for where the artists go? I was kind of thinking about like, the back room where all the rare records are. Are there any rare records in the back room? Are special people allowed in the back room? Yeah, the, we have a, he, there's a huge warehouse upstairs and in the, in the back, technically, but it's upstairs. And it's, you see that, remember? It's, it's huge. It's Just like stacks of CD, used CDs everywhere and like vinyl everywhere. And like they have like a, the pricing corral where you, there's like people just like pricing vinyl all day and like looking up what it's worth and stuff. So there's, I, I, in my mind, I know that everything I've ever wanted is up there, but I will never see it. It'll take a long time to trickle down. Did you see the Paul McCartney in-store there at all? No, that was before I worked there, and I didn't even know about that, but everyone that worked there always talks about it, and it was great. Because, like, Ringo showed up and everything, right? It was crazy. There was just so many. It was star-studded. You guys played there. Yeah, it was great. And then who showed up for you guys? Um, Some co-workers, (laughs) some friends, and Ringo Starr. Do you work there, too? No, no. Some of my co-workers and some of his co-workers. Where do you work? I used to work uh, for a clothing company called Free City, but I uh, I don't have a job anymore. How about Ronnie from the band of Muffs? Do you know him? He works at Amoeba. I do know Ronnie. Uh, Ronnie is really, really sweet. I like him. He's a very genuine, and he, we always like to talk shit together. I like that about him. Did you ever serve or help anybody interesting at Amoeba? Were you there, like, working with people? Oh, yeah. I, I, I rang people up, and my favorite was Bjork. I rang her up, and she bought a bunch of uh, Ima Sumac used CDs and a weird, horrifying doll for her child. It's weird. Like a weird, like, Seth MacFarlane, is that his name? Or, uh-huh. like, the, the Spawn guy? Like, something that looked like a Spawn creature. That's what she bought. How do you know it was Bjork? I just, you can just tell. How about anybody else? Like, Christina Rishi? Uh, I've rung up, I've rung up uh, Brian Bell of Weezer. Is that his name? Brian Bell? I've rung up uh, some of the members of Lo- uh, cast members of Lost. Uh, Morrissey. Uh, no way! Way. What was he buying? Well, okay, it was like it was it was like he, he would actually get his hands dirty. I couldn't see him going to the cash uh, register. Actually, he was with a, this woman. Uh, this woman. I don't know who she is, um, but she had was buying a bunch of stuff, and he was just with her, but like right next to her, like just like this the entire time. And I made a little joke about how I didn't really like Paul McCartney, and he laughed and looked at me. I mean, he didn't say anything, but I think I entertained him for a second. Did you ever suggest anybody that what they're buying maybe isn't that good? No, I don't. But if someone asks me if what I think of a certain thing and I think it's bad, I'll tell them it. What if you turn people off? Um, God, what? Any of the bands that put out like the Hoobastank burritos? Yeah, no, nothing like that. I don't know. So Abe Fagoda, you guys have some interesting promo picks. Yeah, do we? I like your promo picks. Like you have some neat promo picks. Yeah, I, that's cool. Yeah, it's like blood. Yeah. What's the idea oh, behind that one? The ones. That's an old one. A little old. But yeah, we just, we, it was actually a still from a music video. It wasn't a still. It was a picture we took after we shot this music video. Yeah. And also the fangs, too. You got the fangs? Oh, that happened once. That wasn't my idea. It was your idea. The fangs? Well, they, it, it was suggested and you said yes and you gladly put them on. But still, there's some neat stuff. There's fangs, there's blood. Wasn't there like a, one of those BOSU balls for exercising or a balloon? Oh, it's a big balloon that uh, I think Reggie is holding and I'm holding. Yeah, it's just a big balloon. We kind of want to make it look like a prom photo a little bit. It was kind of the initial idea, but it kind of just looks weird. It's chintzy. It's chintzy. I love it. It's great that you're like taking some time for your promo photos. Or are you taking no pro- time and it's, that's what's just coming out? Well, I mean, We've taken a little bit of time. time. A little bit of time, yeah. Where is Reggie now? Will he be working on any new bands or anything? Uh, no, he's going... Studying? He's studying, yes. He's going to school and hanging out with his girlfriend a lot and just being a sweetheart and looking great like always. 
just hanging out. And Abe Vigoda hanging out here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, winding up here. Now, LA, LA Weekly, you were on the cover of the LA Weekly. I was on the cover of the LA Weekly. <laughs> Did anybody recognize you on the cover of the LA Weekly? Everyone recognized me. They never told me I was going to be on the cover of the LA Weekly. <laughs> and it, and it kind of, like, the story had a kind of weird negative spin. It was, uh, well, the stink of success ruined the smell. And it was Michael is apparently the face of success. <laughs> How were you recognized, though? Because it didn't say your name on the cover, right? And it was kind of obscured slightly, wasn't it? I think people who know me knew it was me. And I don't know. They put two and two together, like smell and then you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not, I don't, I'm not. How many copies did you keep? I have like, I have three. I have to give my mom one still. Did anything come as a result of that? Like, did you guys at least have a gig after? Was the next smell gig packed as a result? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. No. Because that's like kind of the promoter's way of doing things, isn't it? Like, you're in a cover, you better have a gig. Was there a gig that week? I don't think there was. There was. N- it's not, it didn't really say anything about Ava Vigoda. It was just, he was kind of on there. Or it was weird. Kinda, it I wasn't interviewed. I didn't say anything in the story. It was just, they kind of took a picture and just threw it on. Did they ask you at all? Absolutely not. So you had absolutely no idea. I felt really weird about it. How did you discover it? Like, who told you? Um... I heard uh, Juan told me, he got a text message from a friend, oh my god, Michael's on the cover of the LA Weekly, <laughs> and he told me, and I was like, oh, okay, can't yeah. wait to see this. Actually, Jenna told me. How soon did she find out? She found out when she went to work, and it was it was at her work, and she looked at it, and she's like, oh my god, Michael's on the cover of LA Weekly, and I and we kind of started making up this scenario where we get to his head, and I kind of started fantasizing with it, but nothing happened, Michael's still the same. <laughs> I heard about it, and before I saw it, I opened up the dumpster outside my apartment, and it was right there. That's and good. so that was my first uh, view of it. Well, well, it was cool. <clears throat> I saw a big stack of them. Soaking wet? In the rain. Yeah. M- melty. Melting. His image melting. Yeah, yeah. It was great. Why should people care about Abe Vagoda? Why should people care? We're making interesting music, and we're not jerks. I think we're pretty nice guys. Um, uh, I don't really think they should. <laughs> Well, thanks so much, Abe Vagoda. Keep on rocking in the free world and do do the loot do do do.
Abe Vagoda with Don't Lie. Coming up, Mika Miko with Business Cats, and then an interview with Mika Miko. Mika Miko. And who's in Mika Miko? Jennifer, Jessica, Michelle, Jenna, and Kate. Mika Miko, welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Thank you for having us. Thanks. In Vancouver. <laughs> now, Kate, you are Canadian. I'm not Canadian. But you lived in Canada for a bit. Yeah, for four years. So tell me about that. How did Kate go from West Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, to Los Angeles, to Miko Miko, to Gorilla Food in Vancouver? Well, I was born in L.A., lived in Oxford, Mississippi, then lived in Vancouver, Canada, then moved back to L.A., and while I was here, I was really into snowboarding, and that's what I did. And then um, I moved to Malibu, and I went to Malibu High, and I met all these great people in L.A., and then I joined the band later. But then how about here? How'd you get here? Um, I took a plane here from Mississippi. <laughs> and I, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and it was great. I went, I lived in Horseshoe Bay, and I used to hang out in Horseshoe Bay, and I'd get ice cream there, and um, I'd rent movies from the market, and me and my friends would get pop rocks and jolt soda and get really sugar high and go skating, and that's what I did in Canada, yeah. And now you've brought your band to Canada. Yes. Mika? Miko. So here you are in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, playing tonight at Richards and Richards, but the first time you played here was at the Alf House? That's correct. What was that like, playing the Alf House, the legendary Alf House? Um, it was pretty interesting. 
Scabies. That's like one of the great house places to play in Vancouver, the Elf House. Oh, it w- is that the one of the best? It is like the top of the line place to play, the Elf House. What makes it the best? Well, just that they do tons of shows. They're open to having people play. It's you know they invited Mika Miko out. You know I think that's really that's what makes it the best. There was someone living in a tent in the front yard, but it was raining really hard. We were worried about him. <laughs> it's really awesome that you guys care so much about people in Mika Miko. Yeah, a lot of people in the house um, were not well. They had um, rashes on their face and, and stuff. They're going to see this and I'm going to feel bad. I know. Well, they were, I think they were all sick. I think they all got the... They told us they were sick. Yeah, they told they us. They told us they were sick. But it marked them. The sickness marked them. Was that your first time playing in Vancouver? Yes, it was. Because I saw somewhere posted it was, quote, a free wedding reception. It, well, that's how we got into Canada. We used that, and we said we were a Beatles cover band because I had a Vox amp, and that's what, yeah, that's what we used. But we said we didn't do any covers. Yeah. Well, half of us said we're Beatles, and the other half said we we're Rolling Stones when they split us up. So we were obviously at the border. At the border, they split us up and asked us, "Okay, so what kind of music do you play?" And half of us said Beatles, and half of us said Rolling Stones because we didn't get our story straight before we got questioned. Oh, that's awesome! Who's the Beatle fan and who's the Rolling Stone fan? I don't know. Well, you know, they say the Beatles will hold your hand, but the Rolling Stones will burn down your town. So I guess that just depends on what you prefer. And you guys really have been touring a lot, like playing the ALF House in Vancouver. And did you play a couple nights ago the Department of Safety? Yeah, that was last night. Well, that's an interesting venue. What can you tell the people at that place? That is really cool. That place was amazing. It was like a... It's an, it was in an old firehouse. And... Um, I think eight or nine people live there and they just do their art and live there and have shows and they have a movie room and a recording studio and a library. It's really nice. Anacortis, Washington. Anacortis, Washington. So pretty. What about playing others, such as No Age? You played with No Age at the library. Yes, we played No Age at the library. What was that on stage advertising you had with you at the library? Um, I'm not sure, was it? We had a giant inflatable bottle of whiskey southern and a comfort. southern comfort and a, a beach ball and a, trampoline. and a trampoline yeah but that wasn't um advertising we just stole it someone stole it from south by southwest and now we just use it at a bunch of shows it's because we have it like in the- you brought it to the library yeah. <laughs> so a gig at the department of safety which i think might have actually been an old police station yeah. Fire. I heard it was fire, but they did have a... I think it was fire slash police station because they had a holding cell as well. Oh, and they had, like, fire... In? Well, it wasn't theirs. It was the motorcycle place next door. Oh, the guy was uh, say, talking about it to Ronnie. That's awesome. Like, if the band gets really unruly, they end up in the holding cell. Yeah, it was really cool. I don't know. What other places have you played? Okay, Department of Safety, the Alf House. Where else have you played in your four-year existence? In Canada? No, in the world. Oh, uh, Japan. Okay. Japan. I thought you meant like uh, like firehouses or like weird pop- like houses? weird like yeah. some kind of like building or yeah. historic building maybe. But Japan. <laughs> what was it like playing in Japan? Because I saw again some footage of you guys in Japan, and you're going in between the songs. Ah, 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 ah. what is that? What? I don't remember that. I saw that <laughs> oh, video. I, saw that. I think I was just drinking a lot, and nobody knew what I was saying anyway. So awesome though. It was like an in-between. Ah, 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 ah. Like the whole crowd was going, ah, 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 ah. Sometimes we just do stuff like that. 
you know? What was the song <laughs> we, we sang a um, acapella song before? What were we singing? Don't Break My Heart? Tony uh, Tony, oh yeah, Tony Braxton song? Don't break my heart. That was Unbreak My Heart. Uh, okay, Unbreak My Heart. It's cool. Maybe it's because you live in Canada. You didn't know Tony Braxton. So um, we'd sing that acapella. Canadian TV. And uh, at the end of the song, we just kept on going, ah, and then they'd all do it with us, and we couldn't stop because they kept on doing it, and we, we did it with them. So it was just all of us together going, ah. So when you went to Japan, how did people know about you guys? How were they coming out to the gigs? What did they know about Mika Miko? Uh... They know from the internet, like you. YouTube. Well, there's a. I guess it's a Japanese MySpace, and people start band profiles, and someone started one for Mikamiko. And so we got to see it when we went there, and we were like, whoa, crazy. We A friend of ours was in Japan, and they saw our 7 inch. Like, this was like four, uh, three years ago. They saw our 7 inch in Japan. So that had a lot to do with it. <laughs> Japan know about everything that happens in music. They already know about it. Yeah, we got interviewed, and I've never had, well, other than this interview, it was never so, like, they really knew what they were talking about. Like, they really researched everything and, like, everything around surrounding our band, like the smell and kind of like what you would think, but also things you wouldn't think. They asked questions like, you know, how was it like to grow up, grow into your band, like from high school to now, or, you know, it was weird. It, it was, was cool. Thoughtful. It was thoughtful. I think it's really neat, though, that you got to play Japan basically through, you know, internet love, right? Internet love. I think so. Because I first discovered the band known as Mika Miko the old-fashioned way through the <laughs> Maximum Rock and Roll. Oh. Well, this is quite an honor to get on the cover of Maximum Rock and Roll. Yeah. The punk Bible. I mean, how many, for that matter, female modern-day bands get on the cover of Maximum Rock and Roll? Yeah, that was. it was really cool. I, I think a lot of people were very surprised. Told, not sure if this is true, but someone said we're the first all-female band to be on the cover. In a long time. In a really long time. No, someone no. told me it was the, we were the first ever. Not sure if that's true, but that's what the lady who did the article told me. So, hopefully. I thought it was just great, though, because that's how I discovered you guys, buying a fanzine. I guess I didn't discover you through the internet. That's nice. Is there a section for people like me at your concerts? I like that because I don't really go, I'm, I like don't have my space, you know, I'm not always on the internet, so I appreciate that a lot. <laughs> What's interesting though, like Maximum Rock and Roll, there I just spat a bit of food at you there, I knew that would happen, sorry about that, I knew that would happen. It was like a carrot, but I think it would be very costly to buy the Maximum Rock and Roll in Japan, so I wouldn't say that they are not good because they had to find out through the internet. It's you and a guy from now. I know, from the fall, which is so weird. I remember when I, when we got this, I didn't understand that Marky Smith, I was like, Marky Smith is on the back? What does that mean? There we go, and we're together. But here it is, Mika Miko, Marky Smith, the cover of Maximum Rock and Roll for you guys, the punk Bible, most bands that are like in there are like, oh, or whatever, are totally punk, some great bands, but still, you guys make it there, and that's how I discovered you. That's really cool. Has you been able to capitalize on that at all? Did you get many Maximum Rock and Roll fans coming out? Um, yeah, and in, in, I know in London, uh, this guy came up. He's like, yeah, I saw you guys in Maximum, and I, you know, I checked you guys out, and I really liked you, and I was really surprised because I, I mean, I guess in my group of friends, no one really, like, 
reads Maximum and finds out about bands, everyone just kind of knows about it anyways. So it was just cool that they were like, yeah, we really like Maximum and we found you in Maximum. I don't know. It's just interesting. So you guys made up your name, Mika. Miko. And then comes along... Mm. Mika! Yeah, did you see that coming at all? I never saw it at all. I still haven't seen it. Okay, I'll tell you why. Because when you look up Mika Miko on YouTube, all you get are Mika videos. Not anymore. That guy's gone. He's gone. He was pretty... When he came out, though, it was all you could see was... Mika videos, but now it's back to Mika Miko videos. Why do you have a song Lollipop? That's all he did. No, he, he has that song like, like. But it wants <laughs> I don't know, but I think I know he has some hits still. Will you cover any of his songs, perhaps? No, never. Is it pretty good? No, it's not good. Okay then. Have you ever showed up at a gig and people were looking for? No. no. Surprisingly, no. Thank God. Do you think he knows about the existence of Mika Miko? Definitely. I bet he YouTubes his name and finds us. Do you think like people show up at a Mika gig and are disappointed that you're not there? Yeah. I think our people who listen to us are maybe smarter than that, hopefully. <laughs> I don't know. I have faith in people. What were you saying about this picture? Oh, it's just funny. These are old, really old pictures. Okay. Um, yeah, let's <laughs> This is really funny. Let's just look at this. Pussycats. Well, let's examine this quote here, winding up Mika Miko. Here's a quote about Mika Miko. Mika Miko once saw a band at the Smell eat its own shit and piss. Yeah. They weren't really really a band. They're a performance group. Theater of the Absurd. Did they eat their own shit and piss? No one knows if it's real. How do you eat piss? Is it like frozen? Joan Jett once made Joan Jett once made a pee popsicle and ate it. No, she would give it to bands that she didn't like. Oh. I totally heard threw my own pee on a boy that peed in my bedroom when he was so drunk. Were you throwing your pee straight out of your body onto him? I, what I did is he peed all over my room because he got really drunk, and so I peed in a cup. And then when he came, I was like, hey, and I threw it on him. And he's still our friend. Yeah, I mean, actually, before we left on this tour, he was sleeping over at Jesse's house with another friend who we've known for a really long time. And he was just like, hey, I think he woke up drunk. Maybe not. I think he was drunk. Yeah. We're hanging out with a bad crowd, I think. <laughs> we've known him for like seven years. It's really funny. What's the meanest you've been to an audience? Um, we're not mean ever. Like, have you ever walked off stage? No. Have you ever come close? Why? No, just curious. You know, some bands, oh, bad sound. You know, have you seen somebody walk off stage? People have thrown up on us, and we'll just keep playing, but we'll just do it off stage. You know? Or people will say girl power for their mangina and mosh on us and we'll just let we'll let it happen. Yeah. yeah. This guy at the Eureka show, that's actually one show, the only show where I walked in and immediately was like, no. And I walked back to the van and I kind of stayed there, but when we were playing a man in an SS shirt did all everything she was talking about. And a huge marching band like jumped on the show and it was a 16 piece mar- 16 piece marching band and they covered Slayer it was and that was it for you you walked out yeah I was in the van for most of that until the very end because I wanted to see what they all look like and I saw what they all look like 
But isn't the problem when somebody pukes on stage is that you see the puke or you smell the puke and then you want to? Well, someone puked on my drums once. Um, we yeah, played. Oh, that's such. Okay, that's the best. Oh. That was the best night of South by Southwest. We were setting up and all of a sudden this old guy with like look like he had a lot of Botox came on and like started playing Kate's drums and he was like, hey, play play a song with me. So I started playing guitar with him and slowly I realized that it was Mickey D from Motorhead. And so we all just started playing with him and then finally I don't think Jenna knew who he was. So she was like yelling at him to like move and then everyone stole Kate's drumsticks because you know Mickey D of Motorhead and you had to borrow drumsticks right yeah but then after we were done playing we were all we were taking down the drums and there was this like pink Oh, no, no. It looked like pineapple or potato. Yeah, potato. It was, like, it was, it was so like, gross. And it was like, basically what happened was we were playing at this children's museum, and we were playing, um, like there's a balcony around us, right? And so we played, and we kind of like stepped away for a second, and I came back to, you know, break down the drums. And for that one second, I stepped away. Someone, obviously, from the balcony puked over. So was that Mickey D's puke that was on the drums? Uh, no, after he was done jamming, he left. I don't think he even watched he us. He did go up in the balcony and puke on your drums. I don't have any potatoes. <laughs> or carrots. Or pineapple. <laughs> Things that you might find in an all-ages gig. That's what it was. Yep, it was. And that's what I was wondering. You guys have done gigs at the Schmel where it was 21 and under, right? Yeah. You need ID to prove that you're 21 and under, don't you? Under 21, because why would you include 21-year-olds, like, for both sides? Yeah, under 21. But it was like, I think anyone was allowed to go, but the band had to be under 21. This is kind of like a neat concept, like 20 and under or whatever. You also did, like, that 100 bands in 80 minutes. Oh, no, we did not do it. That's That's a sort of neat thing, isn't it? I didn't understand it really that much. I kind of just said I would do it, and I just showed up and did it. What was it? Um, it was just some, this idea they had where every, they had 80 bands play, and every band played for two minutes, and it was just insane. And they documented it, and it was really interesting. I mean... But in fact, the show was many hours long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Many. Many hours. Mika, Mika, when you guys are on stage rocking it out there, sometimes you sing into a phone. Yeah. <laughs> I love singing into a phone. Mm. What's the history of singing into a phone? What other bands sing into a phone? Um, Japanther and um, the band on Save by the Bell. What were they called? The, the, the girl ones or the boy one? Something about Sundays. Where did you get the idea for singing into a phone? Girl talk. The game. Is that the one where you put pimples on? Yeah. And you call boys? Yeah. Yeah. And so that inspired you to use that as your mic. I love that as a mic. Thanks. However, you guys aren't totally hardcore because there's a band called I Am Spoonbender from San Francisco, and they too sing into a phone. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. You know that, though? You've seen that? I haven't seen them. I've only listened. Because they sing into the whole phone. You guys only use the receiver. Yeah. Like, they have, like, the actual bass of the old phone that they actually sing in. Yeah, and, like, they're either holding it or it's, like, placed on somewhere. So you guys could get even more hardcore with it if you want. 
But then where do they sing into? Like, what's the part they sing into? Like, they think they sing into the receiver, but but the receiver is the whole phone is there. Like, it's the whole concept. There actually wasn't just a phone. Jennifer once made a a hairdryer mic. Which you can see. Yeah, it's in there. There. You can see. Oh, you're singing into a hairdryer. Jenna is. Yeah, but but I made a hairdryer and then the phone. Oh, that's amazing. It is. It's good. So you're versatile. It isn't just telephones. It's hair dryers, too. Yes, but now another band sings into a hair dryer when we stopped using it. Not when they started, but we stopped using it, and then later on they started using it. Michelle, what is boner status? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, I think this only came up because when you're in a van full of millions of people, or just five of us. And equipment. And equipment. The some of the seats like you don't have a lot of room so say the back is just full of stuff and the seat gets moved. This is awful. I can't believe I'm talking about this. So it's boner size when you're sitting like a boner like you're just like you you can't sit back you're like this. You're like <laughs> so it's boner size. But boner status can also mean like you know some idiot that you're like mad at because they're being dumb. There can they can be boner status as well. Or your arm can be boner status if it fills with blood from doing too much action. Yeah. Too many movements. Here. Or here, or here. Just suck. You, gotta like, you know? It's a, neg- it's a negative term. It is. Boner status is definitely a negative term. Also in this maximum rock and roll here, it talks about one of you guys getting your pants stolen. Oh, that would not be me. Who got their pants? How'd you get your pants stolen? Well, I left them at Japanther's house. And, uh... Well, wait, who can help me with the story? Okay. I'm blinking. Um, she wasn't sure where she left them. She knew yeah. she left them in New York somewhere. Like, were you wearing them when you lost them, or how did you lose them? Well, like... Wild night out with Mika Miko? I remember. Okay, no, we were just sleeping there, and we all, like, got naked and gave each other massages. <laughs> True. I was at my sister's house, so I was not here. We were just... <laughs> and then I left my pants there. And then she wore something else the next day. She doesn't wear the pants every day. So then a friend of ours went to New York and she took a picture oh. with of this girl and she had these pants and it, it turned out to be Jennifer's pants, but she was one of the guys in Japanther's girlfriend and now she's in Vivian Girls. I don't know if you've heard them, but they're this band from New York who you'll probably get into. And Maybe they, in my our friend went there and she was like, "Wait, this girl just told me she's wearing your pants," and she sent me a photo. And they all were ripped, like the crotch was missing and the knees were mit- missing, and they were like my favorite pants. And then, yeah, that was about it. And that I, was the low light of the tour, as mentioned in Maxim Rock yeah, and Roll. That sucked. Mm. Now oh, I, it was awful for all of us that our pants were missing. Things that have happened that are way worse now, but back then, you know, that was the worst yeah, thing. Sex was the worst. Well, Lastly here, Mika Miko, I was curious, though. Like, you're talking about pants going missing and it kind of being a downer. Totally a downer. What about maintaining cleanliness on the road? I interviewed King Kong from King Kong and the Shrines, and he likes wearing a bathing suit because it can work as an underwear. Like, you just wear a bathing suit the whole time and you never have to take it off because you go in the shower with it, it dries. What do you guys have any hints at all for keeping clean? I would not wear a bathing suit that was wet and then let it dry because there's many things that are not good that happen when you do that panty liners uh, yeah those are great yeah. panty liners then you can just take them off and reuse the underwear yeah. did you guys learn the hard way for this i think it was kind of like a common sense thing like we realized oh okay dirty underwear oh what, what can we cover for dirty, dirty underwear and we're like oh yeah we're trying to get um our roadie to do it because his balls sweat and we want him to wear <laughs> panty liners we're trying to get we're trying to get sponsored by panty liners <laughs> 
How long do your roadies usually last? Um, <laughs> uh, tour, one tour. I think we, we kind of switch it up, maybe just for our own benefit. <laughs> I don't know, maybe because we get tired of them. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I don't get tired of them. Miko, Miko, what about playing with the Slits? What's interesting about the band, the Slits, is they have some very young members. Are some of the Slits younger than you? Yes. Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Well, yeah. Like the legendary band, the Slits, are younger than you. The average age, could it be younger? Than, well, no, maybe. Are you talking about the Slits now? Yes, the Slits now. So most of their members are I younger. Their average age, though, would end up being like 40. One girl is like, wait, one girl is younger than us. I thought two of them. Three of no no no. Um, the only young one is the drummer, and then the three are guitarists. Guitar. Just makes bird noises and dances. Lillian's daughter isn't she in it? Yeah, she's younger than us, isn't she? I thought what? she was like eighteen or nineteen. That's the youngest one. I just thought it's fascinating though. Like you play with the Slits, one of the coolest bands ever. We did it twice. Yeah. And then the people in the band, some of them are younger than you. Yeah, it was, well, uh, that's weird. Then that just doesn't make sense because then it's not the Slits. It's another band. <laughs> what about playing with the germs? Any chance to play with the reunited germs? Yeah, yeah we, we did. did. But um, what's his name was the singer? Shane West. He's still the singer. That's what the reunited germs yeah. is. Shane West. What was that like? How did their crowd go for Mika Miko? Miko? Um, it was, well, basically it was really awesome seeing Lorna play bass. Lorna Doom. Lorna Doom, and play bass. They look like AC Slater. <laughs> Pat Smear. Yeah, Pat Smear. They both Slater. smile really big when they're playing. It's kind of like they know it's a joke or something. I don't know. It's it's creepy, but it's really good. And and Don, <laughs> we know. Don, Don is a crazy a good dude. friend of ours. Yeah, he's yeah. a good friend. And you play with ESG. Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. So lucky. That's played with ESG, the slits. Cool. The drummer was so cool. That was like, out of all the shows, it was the best seeing that drummer. Well, thanks so much, Mika Miko. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? Why doesn't Mich- Kate say something to Canadian people? Why do you say Kate, to end this interview, you being from Canada, West Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, you're from Mika Miko. Do you have any words for Canada? Uh oh, Canada, our home and native land. True patriot love. In all our sons come in with glowing hearts we seely rise the truth nor strong and free from far and wide oh Canada we stand on guard for thee God keep our land glorious and free Oh, Canada, we stand on guard for thee. Oh, Canada, we stand on guard for thee. Amazing, Mika Miko. Amazing. But why did you call it Sing This Song? Like, I like the way you say Sing This Song. It's the anthem for Canada. Is that the song or what? It's like our anthem. It's just awesome. I guess things get reduced down to like, sing the songs. If I said to you, sing the song, what song would you sing? When we drive into that to us. It's the song in the van, eh? No, for her. Why should people care about Mika Miko? They shouldn't. They should really hate us. (laughs) That's like caring, though. Yeah. Exactly. No emotion. No emotion, please. No, like when people hate us so much, they really just love us. Well, thanks much. You get cool hate mail. It's cool. I know. I like hate mail. 
Well, thanks much, Mika Miko. Keep on rocking in the free world and do 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 do. still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard Mika Miko with I Got A Lot, new, 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 from brand new Mika Miko on the <clears throat> PPM record label, post-present medium. And before that, an interview with Mika Miko. Coming up right now, a glimpse into CITR 1993. Here is an interview with the band Puke Theatre, who were playing live on Thunderbird Radio Hell, which still continues on every Thursday night on CITR 9 till 11, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Here's Puke Theatre in conversation with me, Nardwarda Human Serviette, from 1993 and some live Puke Theatre, as you basically hear every Thursday night on CITR, live from Thunderbird Radio Hell, except this is the 16-year-old version featuring Colin and Bryce and Steve. Puke Theatre. <coughs> Puke Theatre. And you're listening to CITR FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the return of... Puke Puke Theatre. Now, Bryce, I was just trying to think, how long has Puke Theatre been around? And how long have you been around CITR? Because you've played on the air many, many times. Uh, We're about three and a half million years old, and we've been around too damn long. About five years? When did you first come here? What first brought you to this radio station, Bryce? Colin, what? You're not a member of CITR, Bryce, are you? No. (laughs) Colin, what, what, what brought us over here? Who brought us? Why did we get here? What happened? 
You gotta speak right into the mic too, Colin. I'll be damned if I. Oh. <laughs> uh, um, I think we just wanted to meet Nardwar. No, I mean, what really got you here? You originally came here like doing the noise show and stuff. Oh yeah, Brian. Brian dragged us in to do the noise show. Well, me drove us. Ken drove us here. And it was Brian. Charles. Brian, where's Brian Charles right now? Where is Brian Charles right now? Well, uh, last time I heard he was doing a performance at his Baptist church. <laughs> so this is Puke Theater. Now, Bryce, could you please elaborate on how the band has changed since you've uh, played your recent round of gigs? We're rocking out the big time. We've got Marshall stacks and big guitars and spandex hanging down to our knees. We wear pink leopard. We rock. We're going to do Black Sabbath covers. But angst is cool. No, you had Colin got a drum set. Yeah, Colin, yeah. Colin got a drum set. Colin's a cartoonist and you've done some big thing. Well, actually, the whole band is made out of cartoonists. Although, uh, Steve's sort of a lapsed cartoonist. But Bryce here just put out a comic book. Yeah. The new Junk Flesh is out! The new Junk Flesh is out, number one issue. So why, does, why did Colin change, you know, from banging stuff all the way into drums? Like, that's a sellout! It, it hurt my hands and I couldn't draw anymore. Your hands got you all the way to Portugal? Well, I guess you could. That's one way to put it, yeah. At a big comic convention. Wasn't that big, but it's bigger than the ones you have here. Smaller than the ones in France. And um, Vancouver comic fans will be happy to know that you have a new comic out. What? Oh, yeah, I got those small press things. Well, actually, I just put a small press big thing, which is pretty much sold out. Might be copies still left in uh, Booking Comic Emporium or the comic shop. But uh, that's going to be picked up and published as a real comic book by Eon. And where's Eon from? Oh, they're another Seattle outfit. They're sort of the, the poor man's fantagraphics. And you are Puke? Theater. So, Puke Theater, what, when, did you, when was your last gig and when's your next gig? Uh, our last... When we opened for Little Theodore. Smash, Gal Smash Gallery, we opened for Little Theodore. It was, it was an amazing gig. We had a good time. When was that? When was that? Four months ago? Four, no, longer. That was, no, I think I interviewed Little Theodore. It was, that was like a year ago. That was a year ago. That was the last time we actually practiced. And your next gig? Well, we don't know. Um, actually, although Ryan of Glenn Records may not know this, we are here in the name of Glenn Records. Oh yeah, you're part of Glenn Records, and Glenn Records were recently in here and had a big showcase yeah. with like the band's TMCS and Lindsay's birthday. Yeah, yeah. The, um, I heard Did you hear that. No, but everybody told me that they were incredibly bad. No, yeah. Lindsay, Lindsay's birthday were amazing. Lindsay could actually bark. Can you bark, Bryce? <laughs> yeah. No, but can you bark as good as Lindsay? Probably not. By the way, Nardwa, what I mean by incredibly bad is fucking great. Okay, Puke Theater, why don't you continue on? By the way, if, if Glenn will ever do another guest quest, we'd like to be on their roster and play. Well, that would give us two gigs a year. Bryce, I mean, we haven't even signed anything with these guys. 
went. I haven't even met any of these Glenn Record people. They're totally cool because they have Lindsay and Lindsay's birthday who can actually bark. Yeah. He, she can actually bark. He, she can actually bark. No, she can actually bark. No, she can actually. No, she can actually. Huh? No, oh, you're supposed to bark. I can't bark anymore. Not even on Halloween. Not one little bark once. Oh, how? <laughs> no, but Glenn Records love you guys, and you shouldn't leave them. No, we're not going to leave them. They're great. Oh, by the way, there's somebody else on Glenn Records. Ken of No Idea. Ken Gerberich. We have a lot of other people, too, like LeFrere's Jacka and TMCS. Yeah. Oh, the Smuckers? And the Schmuckers and Schmutt! And, and that... And Schmutt! Schmutt! And that band that, with the French name that I can never... Les Frères Jockas! Yeah, those guys. Hey, Glenn Records, we love you. We're on radio because of you guys. We want our platinum record deal, huh? No, we're not. Okay, well, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to meet these guys or something. Talk to them on the phone, man. They're, they're cool. As far as I know, they don't exist. Yeah, well... They do! They've been on this very floor. Okay, Puke Theater, can you prove your existence in a couple songs or less? I think, I think, therefore I am, I, I think. we were on for the hour. Yeah! We are on for the hour. What else if nobody was hearing what we've been talking about? Like, they say this mic wasn't working at all, and nobody was hearing anything we were saying. How would you... How would you sum up, sum up our last conversation for the last five minutes? So if you haven't been listening for the last five minutes because the mic hasn't been working, this is what it sounded like. By the way, for the record, I'd just like to say that I don't know the chords to what is it that we're doing. Oh, the Neil Young thing. Right, right, right. Steve, uh, take it away, and don't come back with it either. <laughs> Neil Young, if you're out there and you're hearing this, please forgive us for what we're about to wreck.
could sell my pain and have no shame on the black market today. The following is a live presentation of CITR News.